What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? Welcome to the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. My name is Lester A. Wildfong Jr. I'm the editor-in-chief of Windy City Gridiron. And while you guys may have heard me on this channel the last few months, on either Robert Schmitz's Bear With Me, Jeff Burkus and E.J. Snyder's Bears Over Beers, or even Bill Zimmerman's Bears Banter, that was just as a guest of their fine shows. So for those of you that are newer subscribers to the WCG channel, let me welcome you guys back to my show. This is T-Formation Conversation, and yes, it's been a while. And while I would have preferred dusting off the old microphone to, to talk some Bears... And the playoffs, things didn't go quite as planned. So, you know, we're with, with the offseason in full swing now for the Chicago Bears, that means we're also in full offseason mode at, at Windy City Gridiron. And, and we've been all over Bears coaching changes that have been going on so far. We've been we, we started to take a look at the free agencies already so far. Uh, we started to ramp up our draft coverage. And that actually leads me to my guest at this time. You know, I've had him on my show probably more than any other guest uh, throughout the history of the show. Uh, he is our lead draft analyst at Windy City Gridiron, and he is also the co-host of Bears Over Beers, which you can find right here on our podcast channel. And all next week, he'll be down in Mobile, Alabama, covering and scouting all the talent at the Senior Bowl practices. He is E.J. Snyder. E.J., my friend, how you doing tonight? I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Uh, I got a lot of good stuff on the calendar. Uh, like you said, Bears season didn't end the way we wanted it to, but onward and upward, looking for new and interesting things to do, and the Senior Bowl is right around the corner. You know, this is the time of year where every franchise, no matter what happened in the regular season, this is when the hope starts building up. And I know it's it's tough for Bears fans because we had such high expectations, but uh, I still think there's some talent on this roster. I think there's, there are a few tweaks here and there from getting back where they're actually in the playoff mix again. How about you? I think the talent on the roster is really good, actually. There are definitely holes to fill. Ryan Pace and his staff have work to do in the offseason. Um, there's positions that are not going to be so strong going into next year, and there are always people that um, – progress isn't linear progress goes up and down we've seen folks like trey burton who have done things in the past but really didn't do anything this year so the roster's in flux every year is a different year in the nfl but there's a ton of talent on that roster the defense was very very solid this year Top and 10 DVOA again yep and with a few tweaks and some solid quarterback play it doesn't even have to be spectacular the bears are going to be in contention Definitely, you know. So, so before we get into some draft needs for the Bears and find out which players are really pumped up to see at the Senior Bowl, you know, I do want to get your thoughts about the Bears announcing this last week that training camp will no longer be at Olivet Nazarene University. You know, it was kind of fun this last year. It was me, you, Jeff, Robert, uh, the other Robert, a bunch of us from Windy City Ground, Ken, Patty. We all had a chance to meet down there because it's pretty much you know come one come all at at that place. But now, from now on moving forward, it's going to be at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest. Um, there will be limited free tickets available, but my guess it'll be nowhere near as accommodating as fans are used to in Bourbon A. So what are your thoughts on the uh, the switch here? I was sad to hear it. Uh, lots of teams have done this. Uh, I think most team, most fans thought that this was probably a matter of time, but uh, like them, I thought we had two or three more years of a remote camp for the Bears. They've had an extremely positive relationship with Bourbon A. Uh, mostly it just made me really, really happy that I got down there this summer. I've always wanted to go to training camp. I never made it to Platteville when it was there. And uh, just kind of, I don't want to say on a whim, but just kind of put my foot in the ground this year and said, nah, we're going. Uh, you know, anybody else wants to go can meet me there. And, uh, you know, lots of folks 
rallied and showed up and it was a great time and now I'm really really glad I did that moving forward makes a ton of sense for the Bears camp has become shorter and shorter it amounts to really eight or nine practices it seems like uh, they have to truck everything downstate I'm sure the players don't like staying in dorm rooms um, you know they've got a state-of-the-art facility at House Hall that they just dumped a bunch of money into that's all great for the team but for fans I'm really sad because the capacity is nowhere near the same and the atmosphere is going to be really different so we'll see how the Bears handle it but um happy I got down there sad for you know future fans because I couldn't think of an NFL team that has ever held training camp or moved training camp to their facility and then put it back out at a remote location. Yeah, this is it. It's a multi-million dollar facility now at, at Hallis Hall there. You know, I mean, it's for the players, it's the best thing, like you said, for the fans, you know, the experience of going to training camp, you know, they'll still have it on a limited basis, but we'll see that they don't have the, the parking like they do at, at the college uh, in, in Bourbon A, you know, so we'll see what they do, but, you know, I'll put in for my tickets. We'll see what happens this year. Um, but, but moving on, I, I'm really excited for you to be able to get down uh, up close and personal at those practices down in Mobile. Um, you know, let's face it, the practices are where all the real scouting takes place. The game is fun and all, but it's practice where most of the, the NFL the teams and, and the scouts and the, and the personnel guys are there doing all the, the groundwork. But before we get into some specific prospects that you're fired up to look at at Mobile, you know, what do you have as some of your top needs for the Bears this offseason? Yeah, I would say... Well, it's funny because I think there's some agreement there between fans and myself, and there's some disagreement. Uh, and I put out a poll on Twitter. I Saw knew that, that we needed yeah. to look at tight end. Yeah. And after I did tight end, I said, hey, I'm headed to Mobile. Help me help me figure out what you guys want to concentrate on. You know, What do you think the needs are? And I put up four needs. I put cornerback, edge, quarterback, and interior offensive line. And I was really surprised that interior offensive line, one, going away. Yeah quarterback was second edge was third and corner was last dead last it had like 11 percent or something and when i look at the bears cornerback depth i see kyle fuller who's playing really well was voted to another pro bowl as an alternate and i see prince mukamara who looks like his wheels have come off um struggled down the stretch couldn't run anymore and then a young kevin tolliver who got some snaps but you know, we're one rolled ankle away from Kevin Tolliver being the alpha starter at corner. And in a in a league where almost every team has three really good wide receivers, that doesn't make me comfortable at all. So I would think corner is much higher up than folks. I agree that some interior offensive line help is needed, but you can get that in a bunch of ways. You can get that in free agency typically. You can get a good guard. Also in the draft, you don't have to spend what we'll call premium draft capital to get a guard you can get a good guard a starting guard in the third or fourth round it happens yeah, sure. all the time so for people to be so fired up about interior offensive line and quarterback i get quarterback but the bears you know famously don't have a first round pick this year i don't think they're going to be drafting a quarterback up high that is bundling picks and trying to go get somebody because it would be a huge move for them so really I'm looking more at that cornerback and edge and tight end. Uh, probably it would go tight end, cornerback, edge in my mind in terms of uh, preference, but um, that's that's where I'm focusing my efforts. Yeah, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I think the thing with uh, with guard is kind of some re- uh, recency bias. You know, right guard was a, uh, was, was a bad spot for the Bears this year. 
you know, so, you know, finding a replacement for Kyle Long and Rashad Coward, who had a chance and, and didn't cut it, I think that's what was on most fans' minds. But but my list needs pretty much the same as yours. Uh, I would also add safety in there. Um, I think with HaHa Clinton-Dix on his free agent deal, we'll have to see what happens with the Bears. I'm not sure he did enough to earn that big money contract he probably wanted to get after his, his one-year prove-it deal. But, but like I said, free agency will come before the draft. So some of these needs will be at least shored up in free agency, um, including the quarterback spot. And and I feel we should start off talking about quarterback because, you know, and, and before we get to the new possible faces that, that you know, you're going to see down in Mobile, I think we are both in agreement that the best case scenario for this team would actually be for Mitch Trubisky to have a great offseason and uh, for him to have things click and, and the game slow down for him like, like it should at this point in his career. But the Bears have to have a better option as a veteran, just in case. However, I do want to see him double down and, and get a veteran in. But also, they got to get a rookie in camp because you never know when you have a young guy that will surprise you. So, with that being said, which QB in Mobile, Alabama, do you think will be the best case scenario moving forward for the Bears, considering the spots they're drafting in? Yeah, the spots they're drafting in is really the kicker there. Yeah. Um, some big news in the last couple of weeks with Jalen Hurts uh, from Oklahoma, who was a Heisman finalist committing to the Senior Bowl. That's happened more in recent years. Big-time quarterbacks go into the Senior Bowl. Usually they used to skip it on their agent's advice. They might get hurt, whatever else. They didn't have anything to prove. More recently, guys have sort of taken that opportunity to go and compete. Jalen Hurts threw his hat in the ring, and then Justin Herbert from Oregon also threw his hat in the ring, and that adds a lot of juice to the Senior Bowl when you've got top level top level corner or quarterbacks uh, showing up in Alabama and, and going toe to toe. So those is, are the guys. Is if there they were looking to the Joe Burrow stuff, I saw something on Twitter where he's uh, thinking about going. I would be shocked if Joe Burrow showed up. I would be. Uh, incredibly pleased. Let's put it there. If I'm if I'm in Mobile on Monday and I hear Joe Burrow just touchdown, I'm going to be jumping up and down. If, if he's there, it's just for practice. He ain't playing in the game, right? No, I wouldn't put him in the game. But uh, it'd be it'd be cool. It'd be really really cool. Yeah, let's be sure. honest. Joe yeah. Burrow just had the best season a college football player has ever had for sure. And that's saying something. There have been a lot of college football players, but Joe Burrow's numbers, unbelievable, wins the national championship. Uh, if he shows up, look, he's clearly out of the Bears' stratosphere, but it would be fun to see him up oh, close sure. and personal. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got that swagger. He has the definitely, he has the, the it factor when you look at for, a, for an alpha quarterback. I mean, he's got it. Yeah, there's a uh, our colleague Bill Zimmerman put up a really interesting poll about a month ago and said, would you trade uh, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks for Joe Burrow, uh, you know, for the right to draft Joe Burrow to the Bengals? And, you know, it, the results are really interesting. And then uh, I saw some folks repost it right after the national championship game. And amazing how that changed. Uh, <laughs> uh, but look, Burrow is a, a top-flight quarterback prospect. He's got size. He's got great decision-making. His arm is not tremendous, but it's good. Uh, he, he can run. Uh, like you said, he's got that it factor, that swagger, that leader piece that you're looking for. I think he's going to be successful in the league, and it's hard to find those guys. So in terms of what I'm going to see in Mobile, Hertz and Herbert are two of the guys that certainly are going to get the most press. They're both probably going to be out of the Bears' stratosphere in terms of picks. Um, 
Other guys I'm going to be concentrating on, Jordan Love from Utah State, a guy I saw last year when I was scouting um, some of the other players, uh, including the tight end who ended up on the Bears, and the running back who ended up on the Chiefs. They were both Utah State players. And Jordan Love stuck out to me as a young, athletic player. He actually looked a lot like Colin Kaepernick did in his college career. Uh, Not great accuracy, but a big arm, big frame, good speed. Uh, needed to develop some consistency. Didn't really do that this year, but con- continued to throw flashes up there that are fascinating. And that's a guy that might make it down towards where the Bears are picking. So I'm going to be taking a closer look at Jordan Love and seeing if he's honing the pieces of his game that would make him uh, more of a consideration. Uh, I'm not leaning towards that right now. And then uh, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. He's a Mike Leach product. I'm familiar with him. Uh, you know, played for the Cougars, threw up big numbers. Is very accurate. Is not all that much different than his predecessor, who uh, started Minshew Mania down in Jacksonville this year. Uh, he's a little bigger, a uh, little bit more of an arm, but a very similar passer in some ways. So you know, nobody thought much of Gardner Minshew, including me, coming out of college. And um, strangely enough. The Bears' new quarterback coach, John DeFilippo, was in Jacksonville and, and you know, has to take some credit for what happened with Gardner Minshew this year. So uh, could Anthony Gordon do the same thing if he ended up as a late-round pick of the Bears? Who knows? You know, if you go back maybe six, seven years ago, people didn't think highly of the of the air raid system transferring to the NFL. But the last few years, I think that, that narrative is kind of changing a little bit. Absolutely. And it has a lot to do with the amount of teams that are running it and the emphasis that's put on it in college, uh, the emphasis to score points, spread the field. Uh, Offensive line play, as you know, an issue very close to your heart has changed significantly because of the air raid offense. And when you're not having a pipeline of players to support the scheme you want to run in the NFL, you've got to adapt or you're going to die. I think part of it is is people look at it and they think it's just basically the the spread offense and the spread offense is a lot of a lot of stuff that's just a, a one read real quick stuff and and while that's built into the air raid the air raid asks their quarterbacks to actually go through the progressions a little more than what the spread does. Yeah, sp- these terms get thrown around and interchanged yep. uh, quite a bit, uh, but air raid is different than spread, is different than um, run and shoot, uh, which was Mouse Davis in Houston uh, back in the Oilers days. They're all a little bit different, but yeah, air raid does ask uh, its quarterback to be a distributor and not a, a single option thrower. And so we see folks with pretty good decision-making, but a lot more options. And when they get to the pros and they have to make those decisions faster and there's fewer options, uh, if a team is running a, a more traditional offense, sometimes they struggle. But teams have adapted to that. Quarterback coaches have adapted to that and said, hey, we're going to run some spread concepts uh, because it's what worked for you in college and what you were successful at, and we want to continue that. So you're seeing more and more of that uh, worked into NFL offenses. Sure. You know, so let's stick with offense here. And the Bears scheme, they needed quality tight end. We talked about, we both talked about the needs. And it's that U tight end that, that Matt Nagy uses as his adjuster. It kind of helps him kind of see what the defense is doing. And, and one of the better move tight ends at the Senior Bowl is going to be Purdue's Bryson Hopkins, uh, who has good size, 6'5, 245. Um, he looks like a really good athlete and, and he was productive. Uh, 61 catches, uh, 830 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, but you're not as high on him as, as some others are, are you? 
Um, he was the first guy I watched this year. I knew tight end was going to be a focus for the Bears. I knew he was going to the Senior Bowl. Um, so I watched him versus Maryland and TCU. And he doesn't stand out as a guy that, hey, you've got to go get this guy. This guy's the one. I know some folks uh, that are on that bandwagon believe he is that guy. Um, the other, his competition is out of Missouri um, in terms of who's going to be the top tight end in the draft. Uh, I didn't, he's a solid blocker. Uh, people are talking about him as move tight end, but like you said, he's got good size. He's solid, but not special. Um, he's not a guy that you're going to put on a, a team's best rusher and expect him to, to do super well. He's not terribly fast. He's got quickness, which is good, especially for a guy that size. It's a little roundish in his cuts, slight body catching tendency, although he does make some highlight grabs away from his body over the middle, especially. I think that really draws people's eyes. So I'm going to be watching him really closely in Mobile and see, again, I only watched a couple of games. It's more of a first impression, not a not a fully formed opinion. Yeah. And I want to see how he competes. Uh, I want to see how he blocks to see if that's part of his game uh, or if he is just kind of focusing on running those routes and if he's cleaning up those routes and how he does against a variety of players because i'm sure at the senior bowl they're going to put him against linebackers against corners and and see how he responds to that because it's top level talent purdue has a pretty good schedule this year uh but this is the best of the best this is the top hundred players in college football for the most part with some notable exceptions yeah it'll be really interesting to see how he responds for sure. So, so tight end again is such a need. Uh, any other tight ends you're looking forward to uh, scouting in Mobile? Uh, absolutely. And there are a couple of guys that stuck out to me. Uh, Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati was not a guy I was familiar with in terms of name. Uh, very active run blocker, guy that um, isn't quite as big as Hopkins. I think he's about 6'3", eh, about the same size, 240. Um, very quick once he gets the ball in his hands. Doesn't look as quick necessarily running his routes, but once he has the ball in his hands, he's one of those guys that accelerates. Um, likes to keep leverage. Needs to little work on his routes in terms of selling his routes and keeping his routes looking similar, but had a lot more ability uh, at first glance than I was expecting. And uh, likes to block as much as he likes to catch, and that's pretty cool to have out of a guy that would fit pretty squarely in the U tight end hole because it's going to give somebody like Matt Nagy a lot of flexibility in his offense. And with a guy like Juan Castillo coming in to run the run game, it's it's just another sort of chess piece that you can throw at the board and say, hey, they're expecting you because you're uh, smaller and quicker to be out there to catch passes. And if you can go whack a smaller linebacker or safety and pry a lane open for the running back, that's a real bonus. Yeah, if you can get a guy like that coming across in motion on those wham blocks, doing a little something inside every now and again, if you can show that as a blocker, that you're not a one-dimensional guy, that you're not just strictly a move tight end, I think that really adds value to the offense. Yeah, I would say so as well. And the other guy is Adam Troutman, and I know Bears fans are going to be a little shaky going after small school tight ends, and Troutman played at Dayton, not exactly an NFL football powerhouse in terms of producing players. But they shouldn't overlook Troutman. He is something else. He's quite tall. He's about 6'5", about 250, almost 260. Runs like a wide receiver. Really runs like a wide receiver. Has moves. uh, Made some great jukes. Again, against lesser talent, but um, tremendous catcher. Blocks fairly well. 
And really, he could be a weapon for a team that um, develops him. And I think he's in a much different spot developmentally than a guy like Adam Shaheen was. Shaheen was raw like steak. He had tons of physical tools, but he had very little polish on his game. And Troutman has a lot of polish on his game. He was also highly productive. He was the focus of Dayton's passing attack. Um, uh, Opponents definitely knew that coming in. They had a good running back as well, but he was far better than any of their wide receivers. He he got a lot of double teams, which is rare for a tight end at his level, and he's got a ton of skill. He's a guy that could slip down in the rounds, be there maybe in the fourth, and it would be well worth a pick around that range for a guy with his skills. You know, you mentioned the small school Shaheen connection. That's actually in my notes here. If you brought him up, I was going to say, you know, Bears fans, you know, they, they got the small school, they got the Shaheen. But let me, the, the important question is, though, about Adam Troutman, he doesn't have the Baby Rock nickname, does he? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, no, no. Let's let's not start that. <laughs> but he is, he is surprising. When you look at him, I had to double-check his size a couple of times uh, because he just doesn't move like a guy that size. He's 6'5", 251, and he runs like a wide receiver. He really moves like a wide receiver. He looks slight, so it'll be interesting to see if he hits that weight um, and that height at weigh-ins. Famously, you know, college programs overestimate. Yeah, Yeah, they overestimate, but... Uh, he's gonna run really well. He's gonna do things like the gauntlet drill at the, at the combine extremely well. He's very natural catcher. He's a hands catcher, not a body catcher. I always look for that. And like I said, he scored on a couple of plays that he shouldn't have scored on. There was guys in front of him and he flat out juked him and made the corner of the end zone and got the pile on because he just has moves at that size. And that's pretty rare for a guy over 250 to move like that. Nice. All right. So let's move on to the big guys. And you actually gave me a homework assignment. And, and you asked me to watch a little bit of Washington Husky uh, Nick Harris, who's a center. Yeah, we're going to flip the script here. We're yeah. going to do a little Lester scouting, which is awesome. I'm so excited to hear right. what you have to right. say so, about so, Nick Harris. So I watched it. It was a, a 10-minute clip. It was uh, Washington versus Oregon, right? And uh, Yep. You know, I like what I saw. You know, he moved really well to the second level. Um, I, I saw him pull quite a bit. He got in front on screens. Um, he was pulling on a few play actions to kind of kick out and block the edge on pass plays. Um, he did get a little high at times when he was going to the second level. But I thought he had a good feel of when to peel off the double teams. You know, they did a lot of the zone stuff there where he would, you know, uh, double up with the guards. And then he had a good feel of when to get off there and move to the next level. So I like what I saw. I'm not sure as, as where he, he'd rank as far as the uh, the whole big board things go. But is he a player you'd like to see the Bears uh, get at some point? Is really interesting guy. I watched interior offensive line, so I uh, combined guards and centers together who are headed to the Senior Bowl. Nick Harris is one of them. I'm familiar with him because he's from school right up the road, yeah. the Huskies. Um, also, the symmetry with the Bears is pretty cool. He's a little bit undersized. He's six one, about three oh five, and uh, I thought that he had a lot of good fight in him. He didn't look like a guy that wanted to back down and always with a guy that size people are worried about the massive defensive tackles that he's going to face in the NFL and whether or not he can anchor he seemed like he had that he's really well built he's he's not slight at all let's well, put it you that way 6-1 and that's what I noticed to me he looked like he was small but then I said well 6-1 305 that's that's pretty stocky and, and he had good leverage when he did anchor yeah, and that was the thing is I was looking for that, knowing that um, people said, "Oh, he's you know he's a little slight," but I'm like I'm thinking, okay, a little slight, 
A uh, lot of fight, very quick, husky center. Huh, we know anybody like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Olin Krutz. That would be, no, be great to get a guy like that in here. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite bears, Olin Krutz, had the exact same sort of rap sheet coming out of Washington. So that's fun, but he's a battler. He's hard-nosed. Um, he's. Uh, you said something about knowing when to pass off stunts. I wrote down fine, calm when passing off stunts. Some guys look flustered or like they're rushing through that. He seemed very, very comfortable about when to do that and how to do that. Um, battles with his hands, a good punch, and very, very quick. There were a couple of plays there, especially against Oregon, where he was out to the second level and sort of standing square at a right angle, looking at the ear hole of the linebacker before the linebacker ever turned. And that was really cool. The other game that I didn't ask you to watch was versus Cal, and it's... I don't know. I think it's somewhat rare to see guys get to the second level really cleanly like that. He actually got to the third level three times in the Cal game and blocked the safety. Yeah. And so I I like a lot of things I see out of Nick Harris. Uh, I I don't I don't want to say he's being overlooked, but again, he's going to be a guy you can probably get in the middle rounds as a center. And you say, oh, what do the Bears do with him? Well, then you got three guys that are center capable. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of flexibility. All of them are very talented. You pick the best guy to put in the pivot. You put the other two at guards, and you just go with it. Has Harris played guard in the past at Washington, or is he? No, center? he was a he was a center. Okay. Uh, he didn't he didn't move over. And I think center. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think center is actually harder than guard because you're calling oh, yeah. the protections. Yeah. You got to do the snap, and you got the guy right over your head, and half the time you got your head down. Yeah. So there's work to do for Harris. He's got some things he's not awesome at, but overall, I thought he was really really solid and fun to watch. Is there another guard at the uh, at, at, at this uh, uh, senior bowl that you think would fit the uh, Bears scheme? What they want to do? Uh, it's kind of completely the other way, but a guy that stuck out to me. Now on the other side, if you watch the Oregon side, there's a guy named Shane Lemieux who's a who's a big brawler, um, moves pretty well. He's much more classic guard. He's up in the three thirty range. Just a big dude. Um, and I thought ah, he'd be fine, but a guy that stuck out to me as really different is Logan Stenberg out of Kentucky. Huge guy, 6'6", uh, 317, and plays mean. He plays just... guard at that, at that height? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. This is the guy that I sent you the clip of haranguing that guy in pass pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, where he pushed down the edge, and he got up, and he pushed him down again. He got up, he pushed him down again. Yeah. He plays like that. And um, the, the really interesting thing to me, and I don't know why Kentucky did this. I'll have to do a little bit of digging. Hey, maybe I'll ask him if I get the chance down there at the Senior go. Bowl. You will be there. They rot- yeah, they <laughs> rotated with another guard. So he would play like three quarters or two thirds of the game, and then this other guy would come in um, and I don't know, spell him, or I- I'm not exactly sure why they chose to do it. Um, but it was really interesting to see uh, Stenberg going up against his guys, and then this other guy come in in the very same game and go up against the same guys, and all of a sudden they're having success. And you're like, wait, he was stoning them left and right. They were getting nothing when he was in there. And he's just mashing them, too. He's the guy that if he can get you down, he will get you down and lay on top of you. He's that guy. And he's just such a force. He's really big. He's not flashy technically at that size. He's not one of those guys that has amazing footwork or uh, is really, really fast. But nobody gets by him with that wingspan. Once he latches on and that mean streak, 
he's really effective. So he's a completely different kind of a player than Nick Harris, but interesting guy that I think you should keep an eye on because uh, once he gets a hold of a guy, nobody gets loose. Nice. All right, let's go over the defensive side of thing, and we're going to start a cornerback. Uh, you mentioned uh, Pro Bowl Kyle Fuller. He's returning. Uh, you mentioned Prince, Prince Mukamara is kind of maybe – towards the, the downside of his career. Plus, he has a big cap hit this year. He may be a cap casualty. And the consensus top corner down in Mobile, I think, is probably a, a, a Christian Fulton. But he's probably not going to get out of the first round, is he? Uh, he might. I don't think so. I mean, there's uh, he's maybe the consensus top corner at the Senior Bowl, but he's definitely not the consensus top corner. There's a couple of yeah. guys above him. Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State is way up there. He's number one on most people's boards. Um, Christian Fulton probably will go towards the bottom of the first round. He had a very good PFF grade, and we can go left and right about <laughs> what PFF does and how they grade. Um, so I was really excited. He was the first corner I watched, and I watched him. I got to watch him versus Auburn and versus Texas. So Auburn, a um, little bit more of a passing offense, not heavily passing offense, but more balanced. Texas, a strong running offense. They're going to run a lot. You know uh, go so go ahead. No, go ahead. So I, I wanted to see more out of Christian Fulton. He has very good burst. He's got great hips. One of the things that bothers me greatly about corners, and you know this, is if they're not really physical, it drives me batty. Yeah. And at LSU, he didn't have to be super physical. He's one of those guys that's happy to get in the frame, touch the pile, and let those really fast linebackers and safeties that they have at LSU beat people up. Uh, not big into tackling. Um, he can do it if he needs to, um, but it's not great. He's a heady player. He's calling out sets before the snaps. He's very well experienced in the SEC. Um, good drive on the ball. He's got some skills, but he just wasn't my favorite. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. Uh, I think he's a solid corner, and certainly if he slips into the second round and he's sitting there, the Bears are going to have to consider it. Um, he's got some holes, though. He's really handsy. He's going to get nailed for that in the pros. He's going to give up more penalties for sure. Um, and again, he's going to have to up his tackling. Corners can't. Corners don't have the luxury in the pros of being um, soft physically. It does, it just doesn't it doesn't work. Are there any other corners you think kind of would fall more in the Bears' range, like a day three pick that you think could, could surprise? Uh, might be day two, but I found a guy. I found a couple guys. Um, there's a guy from, um, uh, let's see, Iowa. This will make. I was going to ask about Iowa because yep, they've had this, some nice, uh, some nice safeties and corners the last few years. True, they have. They've had some very high picks at both safety and corner. So uh, there will. be be an Iowa corner in Mobile, Michael uh, uh, Ohemudia, nice. and big guy, uh, 6'1", uh, over 200, uh, just over 200, uh, pretty good in coverage, moves decently for a guy that size, that tall, uh, plays the ball in the air pretty well, not terribly physical, which I was really surprised by, because usually Iowa guys on both sides of the ball are tremendously physical. Um, and he didn't see him overly so in the couple of games that I watched, but he's a guy to watch. The guy that really stood out to me, um, a guy I was not familiar with before I started watching him, uh, Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's defense this year was a wrecking machine. I didn't, I didn't watch any Pittsburgh games, but, um, when I watched Jackson, he's tremendous. He is, again, a very experienced player. He was captain 
in the defense. He was all conference. And he is a guy that is extremely physical. Reminds me of a guy like Kyle Fuller in college who is physically contesting every route. Um, his game against Virginia was an all-out war. I actually posted it on Twitter because two teams that obviously hate each other, and there was more contact between wide receiver and corner, and it was on both sides, than I've seen maybe ever. Nice. ton of hitting in that game. Comes up really hard to support the run. Um, very patient. Turns his feet late, which is great. Isn't Isn't prone to turning his feet quickly and then getting turned around. Um, very quick to get around the receiver, hangs tough on wide receiver screens, fights through those blocks to get back to the back. Dane Jackson really impressed me. I'm looking forward to him going one-on-one down in Mobile with some of the big wide receivers. Um, he's got good size. He's about six foot. He's about uh, 190. So he could play outside corner, and, man, he is active and smart and really, really tough. So keep an eye on Dane Jackson. Yeah, the Bears, they have to get a corner at some point because – I know they got Duke Shelley last year, but you know he seems a slot more than nickel. I'm not sure if I trust him on the outside. They got Buster Screen coming back again. He's more of a nickel guy, uh, so you got to have another another talented body out there at corner. For sure. Yep, I would agree. All right, so, so the secondary, though, honestly, it's only as good as a pass rusher on a team, and, and the Bears, the Bears need help off the edge. Uh, you know, I am not as down on Leonard Floyd as some Bears fans are. I think he's a damn good football player. But he's just simply not a pass rusher. The Bears need a viable number three outside linebacker. So what are your thoughts on Notre Dame defensive end uh, Khalil Kareem, Khalid Kareem standing up and rushing from a two-point stance in the pros? I liked him a lot. I This is not a great class for edge. There are some talented players up high. Again, they're not going to be at the Senior Bowl. Not surprising. But it's not a really deep class for edge rushers. I've watched guys from... Utah, Bradley Anae from Utah. I watched Alden Robinson from Syracuse, uh, Jonathan Greenard, uh, DJ Wanham from South Carolina, and then I just got to Kenny uh, Willikies from Michigan State last night because he just declared yesterday, and that's a guy some some Twitter readers actually had pointed me towards and said, "Hey, I really like this guy." He wasn't on the roster till yesterday, but I did get a chance to watch him last night. But going through that pile, I came up on Khalid Kareem. And it's a really active guy. He's got good size. He's in the 260s, 265, I think. Um, strong hands, bunch of different moves, and he's effective versus the run and a pass. Is he a straight-out balling pass rusher, um, you know, on the level of Von Miller or, you know, Mack? He's not, but he is a guy that's got great hands. He understands how to use leverage. He's got a really nice violent pull move where he'll, you know, get a long arm into the tackle and then yank him down. Uh, good push pull move. Um, really good awareness of where the ball is. That's some of the things that disappoint me about edge players is when they get engaged on a block, they just kind of lose their head. It's almost like they put their head down and forget to look if it's a fake or if it's a pass or he's always got good awareness where the ball is. Um, and I watched him versus Georgia and Michigan. And if you know Georgia and Michigan football, they both have good, big offensive linemen. And I wanted to see him against a good challenge. And he was beaten up on the Georgia tackles. He got those guys on the ground pretty often. And it's it's rare, even in college, to see offensive linemen get put on the ground more than a couple of times a game. And he did it two or three times against Georgia. So that definitely sort of you know pricks my ears up and makes me 
take a take a deeper look at a guy but um he doesn't have great side to side quickness but just a lot of production and it came from a bunch of different techniques and i'm always intrigued by guys that have great hands good balance play violently and have a bunch of different techniques nothing bores me more about edge than one guy that always tries to go around the outside or always tries his spin move and that's all he's got um this guy has a bunch of tools in the toolbox and he plays with violence and against high level competition he had production this is a spot the bears have to draft at because they have they have mac uh, they have floyd and after that, what do they have? Uh, they have Aaron Lynch, who I, I cannot see being back on the Bears. He just did not look like uh, a productive player at all this year. He did have, uh, I think he had two sacks, you know, but the Bears were lining him up at defensive tackle a few times uh, towards the end of the year. I don't know if that's because they just ha- had a real need there, something to try and different. But, but coming off the edge, you know, I'm not a fan of Aaron Lynch. And then, of course, they have Isaiah Irving, who, you know, what is this, his third year now? And, and you know, does he have one sack in his career? At some point, you got to get a young speed rusher off the edge to complement your your starters there. And and so so is there a guy that you think that that would fit the bill for the Bears that they can kind of coach up that has that just that raw speed, kind of like a Mark Anderson from years ago, somebody you can kind of put on the edge and just say go to work. Yeah, I think those guys are out there. Quite honestly, I just haven't gotten to them yet. Nobody that's going to the Senior Bowl has that kind of burst. Um, I would say probably outside of Alden Robinson. And Alden Robinson's got a bunch of other issues. He's a big guy, but he is a great athlete. But he's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily have great awareness. Um, He's got some tools, but not as many as a guy like Khalid Kareem. Um, Yeah, the guy I mentioned from Michigan State, Willikies, is really interesting. Uh, He's an effort player. He plays with extremely good leverage every snap. He plays hard every snap, which is also rare for edges, um, and is just one of those guys that always drives to the quarterback. Like He doesn't take any unnecessary steps. He's not out playing patty cake. He's not dancing around. Whatever he's doing is getting him closer to the ball. Um, very interesting game. Has a really different style than most other players I've watched at the position, but I'm I'm thrilled that he's going to be in Mobile. Is he straight speed? He's not. He's not super flashy. I'm sure there's guys that are out there. Um, Gennard Avery is one of those guys from a couple of years ago out of Memphis that you know just surprised me when I found him. He's only like six feet tall. He played for the Browns, um, you know, but he had he had burst right. He could do it, and, and I'm sure those guys are out there. I just haven't gotten to him because they're not on the Senior Bowl roster. Yeah, yeah the Bears they, they need someone. You got to have a, an, another option. And like I said, I like Larry Floyd as a football player, but he's just not getting it done as a pass rusher. No, he doesn't threaten an offense uh, from the pass rush, from straight pass rush. He'll get effort sacks, he'll get coverage sacks, he'll get um, you know working on a sacks or scheme sacks, but he's not going to create uh, sacks one-on-one. We, we've seen that pretty consistently. I'm with you. I think he's a very good football player, but I'm also with you that it'd be very nice to have a pincher to put on the other side of Mac to really threaten an offense from both sides. I just don't get Floyd because he has the tools. He he has he has the length where he can just get his arm out there and, and just post up on a tackle. But, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't see that move out of him. It's it's either it's either he gets stuck on tackle still, something that he's done since he's been a rookie. You know, his spin is not always there. He just doesn't seem like he just doesn't seem like I don't want to say he's thinking too much out there, but that's really what it looks like. It looks like he doesn't have the capacity to put his moves together to set anything up. Yeah, and that's I think you're right. 
I would agree with that assessment pretty much right down the line. And it's just, it's more rare than people think it is. There's a lot of one trick ponies out there. Uh, there's a lot of maybe one and a half trick ponies out there, but there are not too many guys that offer consistent effort, have tools and know how to string things together, especially when their first move gets stunted or stopped, which in the pros, let's be honest, it's almost always going to happen. You're not going to get very many clean rushes where they forget about you. So I'm with you that I think fans want that, and I I know teams want that. There's just not a lot of those guys out there. They don't grow on trees, or they or everybody to have one. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now I got a couple wild card questions for you. Uh, so first off, uh, who is one guy that you're going to see down there that you're really a little higher on than some of the other guys that are that are doing what you do that that you really want to see what they can do, and and you think they're going to be a, a much better pro than what some of the other experts think. Um, yeah, because I haven't dug, uh, all the way through, it started out, uh, when I got my credential, I think there were 105 guys that were, uh, had accepted invites, uh, to the senior bowl. And over the last two weeks, they've continued to add guys as they typically do, but I think yeah. they've added like 15 more. So there's like 120 guys that are going to be in mobile. Um, I've been on there for a couple of weeks. Obviously, I'm familiar with some of them, but really trying to dig deeply into the positions where the Bears have needs has kept me from doing things I like to do, like digging into the running backs and digging into safeties and, and all that stuff. So um, I don't know if I can answer that one. There was one guy that uh, was really interesting to me. He's He's on the tight end list. And I'm going to have to pull up his sheet because I wrote down how to pronounce his name correctly. Uh and I think it's Tamo Ipea. It's Charlie Tamo Ipea, and he plays at Portland State, which is not a not a big program. It's actually in Portland, Oregon, so just south of me. And uh, he's a really interesting guy. And I keep thinking about the fullback on the 49ers, whose name I always get wrong because it's it's like Jerzyk or something, but yeah. I can't Kyle, pronounce his Kyle name. Jerzyk. Yes, Jerzyk, the guy they paid a million dollars and everybody said, why did they do that? And it's because he's not just a fullback. He's a good blocker, but he's a great receiver. He's fast. Um, They can line him up outside. And Tabui Pea is a guy like that that I think would be a really interesting kind of, for lack of a better term, flex player. We used to call him H-backs or, you know, uh, Tom Rathman was a flexible fullback and and Jerzyk has just kind of kept that going. He's a guy that if the Bears um, didn't have... Um, Holtz on the roster because that's kind of the role that Holtz morphed into uh, in the end of the year. Tom Oipea would be a guy, I think if a team has a role like that, he's he's not going to cost a lot. He's not a big name. Uh, he enjoys contact. He's a great blocker. And once he gets the ball in his hands, he kind of reminds me of one of those guys that was like frustrated in, in high school because he was too big to be a running back and a coach never let him. <laughs> um, and he's hurtling people, wow. plowing over people. He had a, this crazy touchdown uh, against Northern Arizona and went like 51 yards, jumped over three guys, ran through two more. Just, you know, crazy stuff. But he's, he's just not super tall. Um, he's not terrible fast. Um, but he's good with the ball in his hands. He loves to block. I, I think he's a football player that somebody's going to find a role for. Now, you, you mentioned the, the Tom Rathman. That's that's classic old school, you know, West Coast offense fullback right there. Yep, that's awesome yep. stuff right there. All right, well, let's go to the flip side of that. You know, is there one guy that, uh, that you're just not 
a big believer in, but but other people are really hyping him up. Um, Hopkins might be that guy. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not ready to put that stake in the ground because again, I've only watched a couple of games. There's a lot of people out there that are more familiar with Hopkins than I am. Uh, he certainly has the tools, and you know, he could blow me away in Mobile and, and just smoke everybody that they put up against him in coverage and come out smelling like a rose. And I'll I'll be more than happy with that. Um, it would mean he's a very viable target. Probably won't get to the Bears, but you never know how the first round is going to fall. So. Might be Hopkins. I was expecting a lot more. Maybe it was because of the hype um, that he was, you know, definitely the top tight end or one of the top two tight ends. Um, you know, it might be Hopkins. There's some other guys. Christian Fulton maybe has a little bit of that for me because uh, I watched him last year and I thought, oh man, with another year at LSU, this guy's going to be great. He's definitely going to be one of the top corners. And I think some people probably think he is. Um, he just, again, it's tough with the SEC, right? Because the SEC is at such a different level that a guy that looks kind of average in the SEC uh, might be very much better than a guy that looks amazing in the Big 12. So, you know, Christian Fulton, again, it'll be really interesting to see him against mixed competition down in Mobile, and maybe he rises, maybe he falls. I don't know. But, um, again, can't wait to see it all unfold. So have you received your practice, uh, uh, the itinerary yet? Do you know what's going to happen there when you get down there? Uh, so you go pick up, I get in late Sunday night, almost early Monday morning. Uh, you can pick up your packet at about seven thirty in the morning at one of the hotels in downtown mobile. Uh, the event is centered around lad people's stadium, which is the stadium there in mobile. And basically the way they've done it in past years, which is, uh, the way that I think they'll do it this year, there'll be a weigh in on Monday, get everybody's heights and weights. I think they have a walkthrough, uh, late Monday or maybe one practice per. Uh, they do split into the north and south squads and yeah. they practice at different locations. They also sometimes split offense and defense. Uh, so it's going to be tough to bounce around and cover, cover it all. I'll probably stay in the stadium and wait for the different um, groups to rotate through. I'll try and get some video. Certainly want to be... Uh, I want to be the guy that I've I've watched for years, right? I've watched this event vicariously through yeah. so many other people for years, and I've always been the guy sitting at work on my computer, like, oh, what's the what's the news from the Senior Bowl? Who won the one on one between that guard and that defensive tackle, right? And it's just you know you're thirsty for it um, when you do what I do and like what I like. So I want to I want to provide some of that and and just take it all in. It's a great event. Jim Nagy is the director now. Big shout out to him and his staff. Um, they actually reached out to us and you forwarded the, the invite on to me, but they've embraced, uh, quote unquote new media, yeah. right? Folks that don't work for huge newspapers or, or TV channels. And that was not the case under Phil Savage, the previous director. Um, he had his opinions about that. We actually applied for credentials about three years ago and didn't, didn't even get anything back. Nothing. I've never heard from him. <laughs> not even so, a sniff, yeah. Yeah, not even a sniff. And this year they reached out to us yeah. and said, do you have anybody? And you were good enough to forward it on to me and, and good to their word. Here comes a credential. And I never in uh, – it was certainly when I started doing this, I never thought I would be in the stands uh, in Mobile. And I'm going to be there on Monday, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. A lot of these a lot of these, 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 these teams, these organizations – you know they have to embrace the future, and this is what it is. I mean, it's like you said, that's that's what they call the new media, you know, the 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 non traditional media. You know, w- you know, we're putting the work in. We're, we have the, the boots on the ground, and, uh, and and I'm sure you're gonna have a great time down there. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as much for the the people watching, not the players, right? Because it's a who's who of. Uh, certainly draft media, I would say football media in general. The teams are all there, general managers, scouting staffs, coaching staffs, 
um, agents, you know, it, the stories I've heard and, and when I've reached out to people that have gone, I've said, you know, what happens at night is, is equally as yeah. much as what happens in the stands. And you, you know, you turn around and, you know, Bruce Arians is at the bar behind you. And, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. It's a small town and everybody's out and mingling and mixing and talking and, and you never know who you're going to see. So it'll be really interesting. Definitely. All you guys make sure to follow EJ on Twitter uh, for all his drafted football takes. If, if, if a guy like, like, you know, Ryan Pace is at the bar and he's talking to some, 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 some quarterback named Love and you may hear it from him <laughs> first. So we'll see what happens. Make sure you follow on Twitter. He is at the draftsman FB. Uh, why you guys are also on Twitter, make sure you follow the entire WCG G team it's WCG Gridiron and give me a follow as well I'm at Wiltfong JR uh, but that's our time EJ I want to thank you so much for coming on of course I'm happy to do it I'm excited it's a great opportunity and uh, we'll do some more of these on the backside. awesome sounds good thanks for listening everyone make sure you guys all subscribe to the WCG podcast channel you'll not only get my T-Formation Conversation podcast but also Robert Schwartz's Bear With Me Jeff and EJ's Bears Over Beers and Bill's Bears Banter so one subscription to four, four-ish shows, we'll call it, because I'm not as consistent as those guys are. But it is 100% wall-to-wall Chicago Bears talk. So until next time, bear down, my friends. <laughs>